Jack and Josh truly learn the meaning of the phrase, that's my boy, but now it's time for them to realise that here comes the boom. This is Truly Happily Madison. Hit the theme, Josh! Oh, delirious already. Oh, hello. Oh, sorry. Wasn't expecting anyone else to be here. So you were just saying hello into the void. Aren't we all? Sometimes you just don't know. You don't know what blow that way around how it go. Mm. Mm? It's good to see you all the same. Oh, it's good to see you too, buddy. How's it going? You know what, Josh Pappenheim? Yes, Jack Gregson. Hey, it's going all right. It's, you know... (laughs) It's a ni- it's nice weather here in uh, sunny England. It is. It's wonderful. It's I don't, hot. I don't want to reference specifically where we are. Everyone knows where we are. All right, we're in Shropshire. Shropshire. <laughs> Straight out of Shropshire. Crazy motherfucker named Josh Pappenheim talking about <laughs> sun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna steal your bit. I'm recording from Cracktown, and you know what? <laughs> Life's hard. That's not that's not the title. Life's hard in Cracktown. Life right? is hot in Cracktown. Hot! Shit! <laughs> Which I thought you were referencing how hot it is. Well, it can be hard and hot. That's what <laughs> my doctor says. I love that says. we're referencing a film that nobody has ever heard of apart from me, and I only told you about it today. <laughs> yeah, like ten minutes ago. It's and yeah, fine. it's a film that's been with me for like 12 years. Good God. Well, <laughs> I hope you get to see it one day, buddy. No, I'm not that interested. <laughs> um, but you know what I am uh, interested in? What are you interested by, mate? I'm I'm interested in the fact that each week your hosts, Jack Gregson and Josh Pappenheim, discuss the entire filmography of Happy Madison Productions from 1999 to current day. Hmm. And it's today. Hello. But we're not talking... Oh, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello today. Hello tomorrow. (laughs) Hello yesterday. Goodbye, Wednesday. Jam tomorrow. Jam yesterday. But never jam today. Do you know that old song? That old, old wives' tale? No, it sounds well preserved. Hey... (laughs) like this is you know what guys this is kind of like um like smooth uh truly happily madison like truly happily madison colon smooth nights like yeah nights oh do you ever ever watch baywatch nights summer nights uh no oh okay i've never watched baywatch apart from the remake film baywatch days they should have called it Baywatch Days. <laughs> Baywatch Days. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's you know, like, it's just watch all... <laughs> Yeah, you know, this one's, this, this one's a little more chilled. It's a little more like, hey, 
Jack and Josh are just vibing. We're just vibing. We Which, lean closer into the mic and we speak in a slightly lower voice. I think that kind of um, plays right. into the, the type of movie we're talking about today. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. This what, one's a smooth film. Smooth film. Goes down smooth like a fine glass of... Uh, cum. Cum. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it's like... This, this film has... A vibe? Yeah, definitely has a vibe. Has a vibe. Um, Josh, um, what, what film are we talking about? Oh! I thought you would never ask. We are talking about... Boom! Here comes the boom! Ready or not? Da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-boo! You've, you've been, like, hyping this one up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> will, I, will I have reassessed my view you, on this film? Like Only once, time will tell. Like every time we talk about it, you're like, "Oh, I think you're gonna like this one." And I'm always <laughs> like, "Josh, I've seen it. <laughs> you're gonna love it, buddy. I've seen it. I'm telling I've you. seen it before." Um, well, I'm telling you that you're going to love it. Well, I'm telling you, here comes the boom. Boom. Um, I, you know, before we even get into it, <sighs> before we say anything about it, mm. it's a shit title for a film. It really is. It's based on what? It's it's the title of a song that they've used in another film that I can't remember what what. But what it's it was. not the title of the song. The title of the song is just boom. Oh, all right. Well, it's it's the lyrics to the <laughs> chorus of that song. You know, it's like how people call that song "Escape." Oh no, it's it's called no. Yes, the song the is called Escape, song. but people call it the Pina Colada song, and they had yeah. to change the title to it. You know. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Sorry, I've, I've just realized... I've, I'm just looking at the awards for this week, and they're good. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. we'll get to that in about 15 minutes. <laughs> how how cruel. Uh, <laughs> Josh Pappenheim. Hello. Not to shake up the vibe, mm. but do you have... An IMDb plot synopsis for this movie. I do. And this one is slightly longer. Than so what? I hope... Huh? <laughs> than what? <laughs> than the one last time that was just a line. This one okay. has two, possibly three, maybe four full stops. Keep, so we'll the, vi- keep the vibe going, Keep the brother. vibe going. Keep the All vibe right. going. <clears throat> Truly happily medicine nights. Back in his prime, Scott Voss, Kevin James was a collegiate wrestler with some fairly impressive moves. Now, at 42, he teaches biology at Troubled Wilkinson High School. Mr. Voss... Is that the full name of the high school? It's called Troubled Troubled Wilkinson Wilkinson High School. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it could be. Um, uh, Where are we up to? Fuck. Troubled Wilkinson High School. Yeah. Mr. Voss has begun to grow deeply indifferent in his role as an educator when a troubling announcement stirs him to action. Effective immediately, Wilkinson High will be eliminating all extracurricular activities. Suddenly, the most apathetic teacher on the staff has a reason to get involved. But how is a typical high school teacher like Mr. Voss supposed to raise the $48,000 needed to save the music program from going belly up. 
Upon learning that some MMA fighters earn $10,000 just for stepping into the ring, Mr. Voss vows to get back in shape and subject himself to a series of brutal beatings so his students won't have to go without. Uh, written by no one. It doesn't even have an anonymous tag or anything. So I hope you all enjoyed that listening. <laughs> it just was summoned. <laughs> just kind of came into existence one day. and uh... It does feel like this film just like appeared out of the ether. You know what? One thing occurred to me while you were reading that synopsis mm. that didn't occur to me so much when I was watching the movie because it doesn't really deal with this in any way. Um... Yeah, the school is yes. closing uh, all extracurricular activities, and yet the only one that anyone seems to care about it's is music. music. <laughs> it's... Well, you know why, Jack? It's because it's Henry Winkler and he's having a baby. That's what the film should have been called. Henry Winkler's <laughs> having Henry a Winkler baby. Henry Winkler is having a baby. Henry Winkler's having a baby. Um, and but now no, Kevin like, James uh, is going to get punched like, in the face. No one else's jobs like seem to be in jeopardy. No. I... Also, like, music isn't necessarily an extracurricular activity. I feel like both of us music, went to music school. Music is a class. <laughs> it's a class! Yeah. I don't understand. Well, maybe the American... What were they going to do with that room? <laughs> what was it going to become? Like a it money a, room. It was a huge room. <laughs> it was huge. And it's only made for music. It has a fucking, like, lectern mm. for for conducting. Which, I mean, I'm going to talk about that later, but fuck me. Terrible. <laughs> um, anyway. Would you like some so the stats on this motion picture? I would love some stats. All right, let, me do them, let me do them smooth. Doing smooth, buddy. Yo. This movie was directed by Frank Caracci. Returning mm. for the first time since Click. I don't know oh, if yeah. that's true. This film stars Kevin James. Kevin James. Salma Hayek. Salma Hayek. Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler. Greg German. Greg German. And Jake Cyrus. Jake Cyrus. Release date for this movie? 12th of October 2012. Mm. Boom. Here one, comes two, the. One, two, one, oh. <laughs> two, oh. <laughs> one, two, no, if, two only they, if only they'd released it in fucking December, then they could have yeah, done 12, 12, 12. Yeah, 12, 12, 12. Like, like Jack and Jill, 11, 11, 11. That would have been nice. That would have been good. Budget, $42 million. Mm. Do you all know how much this made at the domestic box office? That's something like 17 mean machines. <laughs> Domestically, this made $45.2 million. Fuck yeah. <laughs> no, not fuck yeah. <laughs> That's a really bad result for this movie. It's been a bad, bad box office. Um, I've stopped the voice now because I just can't do it. Um, yeah, you can, in- baby. Internationally, this this got an extra twenty seven point eight million. Nice. Um, nope, not that nice. <laughs> Still not nice. <laughs> not that good. Um, we talked about this earlier, but like twenty twelve uh, for um, Happy Madison is like the worst year they've ever had. Like, it's a fucking of- shit show, right? Well, like it's. 
So I'm going to come out and say it. I don't love this movie. But I told you, you'd love it. But you told me. You told me I'm part of your best friend. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you can. You're my best mate. Of course you love it. You're my best friend. Um, Of course I brought her. She's my best friend. But yeah, like, I think this was, well, obviously this one was expected to do better than it did. Because, um, Mm. you know, only one year earlier, Zookeeper managed to put together 169.9 million. And before that, Paul Blart puts together 183.3 million. This one, total uh, worldwide, is 73.1. It's just... um, it's just not very good, and of course, that's my boy came a few months earlier, and made fifty-seven point seven on a seventy million dollar budget. Mm. Like Sandler is like, fuck! I need to get the grown-ups back together. <laughs> we need to Avengers assemble. <laughs> and I mean, I'm just looking at what grown-ups made worldwide. I'll tell you next week, but um, yeah. <laughs> well, grown-ups too. Yeah, grown-ups too made a lot of money. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Um, I'm curious. I I don't know why this one did so badly. I mean, partly the terrible title. Yeah, fighting teacher. And I guess like, outside of like films with Adam Sandler, this is I guess Kevin James's first grown-up movie. Like Zookeeper and Paul. This is a grown-up movie. I think it's more of a grown-up movie than Zookeeper and Paul Blart. Do you think? I don't. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think it's more aimed at an older audience than those two. Yeah, maybe, but I, it it's still not, feels It's not kiddie. as silly. No. No, that's true. It's definitely more, like, heartfelt and saccharine. Yeah. I think, like, I, I feel like this one was rated PG-13, and those two were, like, rated PG. No, this was... I'm looking at it now. It, it was rated PG. Wow. Yep. I mean, there's uh, nothing in it. I guess not. Just well, I guess there's violence, but I guess sports violence doesn't count. Yeah, sports violence. <laughs> um, Plus, there's no, there's like no blood really, or there's like one bit yeah. when he maybe gets cut. Yeah, this uh, this opened at number five, behind, which is just again like very low for this movie. Mm. Um, opens behind Taken Two in its mm. second week. Liam Neeson. Um, Opening opposite Argo, which comes Argo. in at number two. Ben Affleck. I'm so glad I'm editing this episode so I can just cut like your extra bits out. Don't do that. <laughs> it adds stuff. I'm not sure it does. It adds stuff if you talk to me about what I'm talking about instead of just repeating what I'm saying. Fine. <laughs> I haven't seen Argo. What was the first one? Taken two. I haven't seen that either. <laughs> Is this um, good? Uh, yeah, this <laughs> That's is what great. For. This is great. In third place uh, was Sinister. <laughs> that also opened that week. Oh, I fucking love Sinister. Uh, the only thing I remember about Sinister is that it has a character called Trevor, which just really made me laugh when I watched it. Don't remember that, but I do remember <laughs> I at the time felt it was a five star film, and by at the time I mean when I first watched it, which was only two years ago. But <laughs> I really week. loved it. Last week. Okay. I'm not <laughs> sure I'd go five stars on it. I think really? I went three stars. But um, that's more than I gave this movie. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, interestingly enough, uh, in fourth place in its third week of release, Hotel Transylvania. 
So a double KJ. <laughs> Two KJs. <laughs> Sweeping up at the fourth and fifth plays. Yeah, nice. Interesting. Good stuff, KJ. Obviously, the Hotel Transylvania movies aren't official Happy Madison movies, but maybe one day we do like a, a special where we cover all four in one. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. What, <laughs> what, including the one that Sandler's not going to be in? Yeah, but everyone else is in it. Yeah, true. You watched the trailer for it? No. It's fun. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it's fun. looks fun. Um, this has a Rotten Tomato score of 40%. Uh, it has a Rotten Tomato score of 40%. Do you know what? I feel like that's that's about right. I just think with That's My Boy last week only having 20%, I'd rather watch That's My Boy again than this film. Yeah, but like, Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. Yeah. Like, no, it, like it's like, Zookeeper is only, uh, not Zookeeper, Here Comes the Boom is only high on that metric if you think that we should trust them on what they said about That's My Boy. I guess so. No, you no, know? you're true. You're true. You're true, true. Like, it's more that That's My Boy <laughs> was a travesty and it should be around 60, maybe. <laughs> 89 89 <laughs> yeah <laughs> it could be a four and a half star film um, uh, and I thought I'd give you some other sports movies from 2012 oh yes please so around this time we got Chasing Mavericks don't know what that is it's a surf movie with Gerard Butler it's also the last film that director Curtis Hansen made Curtis Hansen what did you yeah. do LA Confidential yes and Eight Mile. Informers? Or have I made that up? I don't think he did the Informers. No, he didn't. I don't know. Oh, I'm thinking of a different guy. I'm thinking of the guy that died in it. I don't know why. Brad Renfro? Oh, yeah. Anyway. Um, oh, that's exciting. I haven't seen Chasing Mavericks, but I'm sure it's spectacular. Um, yeah. Trouble with the Curve? <laughs> is that baseball? Or is that yeah, like an underdog curling Clint film? Eastwood and... Justin Timberlake and Amy Adams. Fuck off. Baseball. That doesn't exist. <laughs> Baseball, baby. Baseball, baby. Um, Take me down to the ball game. The only one of these films I've seen, Fast Girls. Um, which is um, produced oh, by... What's that going to be about? It's produced by very bad man, Noel Clark. Um, oh. Is it about street racing? No, it's about girls like like running it's oh. like it, in like marath- not marathons but like actual uh what do you call it races like, races meets okay. wait what do you mean like like, marathons like when, or... it's not marathons it's like a it's like a like a, a like foot track. race yeah like track track running track running yeah 100 meter dash oh uh, okay yeah nice Athletic, yeah, athletic, okay. athletic running. <laughs> um, stars um, uh, Laura Critchlow and um, Lily James. I think it was the first mm. thing I saw Lily James. In. That's um, uh, It was. It was uh, I'm uh, even before even before it was cool to absolutely despise Noel Clark. I wasn't the biggest fan. You're a trendsetter. Um, I'm a trendsetter. No, no, he is a terrible man and we yeah. should not talk about him anymore um no. and of course uh crooked arrows uh archery uh no it's a american football movie where um oh. uh brandon ralph plays a native american which i don't think he is 
Um, and is that why you were talking about it? <laughs> yeah, I was so confused. <laughs> Before this podcast, I just asked Josh if Brandon Ralph was Native American, and with no sort of backstory. <laughs> and... I thought I was having a stroke. Oh, that's not a funny thing to joke about. Um, no, that's true. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, no, it's absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, so this is like, most of these movies don't really exist. <laughs> no, I would I argue that Here Comes the Boom doesn't really exist. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin James, he's a teacher who does MMA. Wait, I would argue, Jack, that it exists twice. <laughs> so I've never seen Warrior. Oh, mate. Do I have to see Warrior now that I've seen Here Comes the Boom twice? Um, I think so. Like, <clears throat> so I think, so listeners, spoilers, despite talking this film up for however many weeks I have been saying that it's like four stars, four stars, four stars. I watched this the other day and um, it is shit. <laughs> it is like pure, pure drivel. I would say it's shit. It's just really fucking boring. It's just dull. It's dull as fuck. No, but that's what I mean by, like, well, you know that we have differing opinions on what a shit film is. Yeah. You think it's, like, I think if it's boring, that's the worst thing it can be. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. Like, it's the worst. But, like, I I think if it's, I don't think that's the worst thing it can be. I can think, like, if a film actively offends me, that's the worst thing it can be. Like, um, yeah, like, mean, yeah, or like actively just tries to get on my nerves for two hours. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 I I think the worst way that any filmmaker could get to me is just to be so utterly boring for two hours. I mean, shall we start with like the what I think is the weirdest part of this movie? Why is everything so fucking blue? <laughs> that's so true this film is shot by the same guy who shot uh, <laughs> Casino Royale <laughs> what? <laughs> no it isn't the cinematographer of this film first time working and last time working for Happy Madison is Phil Mehu yeah um, before that he sort of like uh, yeah he, he was the DOP on uh, Mask of Zorro Entrapment Bicentennial Man, um, Beyond Borders, uh, Casino Royale, The Legend of Zorro. He worked with Frank Caracci before on uh, the Owen Wilson, Jackie Chan classic Around the World in 80 Days. Oh, fun. <laughs> um, like, he's done stuff as well. Like, he's done some weird stuff. He's, he's, his post-Casino Royale, which you'd think he'd probably be quite well respected for. After that, his next job is Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Mm. Um, the Smurfs, Here Comes the Boom, The Smurfs 2, and the Spongebob movie, Sponge Out of Water. Right. Weird career, right? Extremely strange. I think this movie... Like, we talked about like films that... Sometimes these films look terrible, and sometimes they look like films. Like, yeah. um... Like, bizarrely, like, The Longest Yard looked like a film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and uh, Funny People looked like a film. Yeah. Um, I, I have no- This looked like a fucking, like, like, Saturday Night Live sketch about Twilight. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, it, like, it does seem very 
amdrammy in the way that it's shot. I can't, I couldn't put my finger on it exactly, but like it just felt so flat and it's, like it's lifeless. so ugly. It. I think the idea is that the school is lifeless before everything, because at the end, when uh, spoilers, music is brought back to the school. <laughs> Um, it's the colours are starting to pop a bit more and I think it's supposed to be like visual storytelling but you shouldn't sacrifice the look of your film like it's so washed out like everyone looks like a fucking ghost (laughs) Um, like it's uh, like it's all I could focus on for a lot of this movie but in fairness, Jack, it does echo the vibe of the film the entire way through. I don't even know if it echoes the vibe of the film. I think it sets the vibe of the film. Oh yeah, no, that's possibly a good point. But no, like it feels it feels lazy and it feels well, I get like it like it puts everything on a backseat. It's just it's just I don't know, it's like a shortcut and it it felt like it echoed like the worst offending moment for me in terms of like this in terms of the script and like how it's filmed and everything is the bit where Poblob has decided to make some extra money by teaching at a at a citizenship training camp thing yeah it's very american and there's just a bit where you think there's going to be like some nice back and forth between him and the students and the camera work just keeps focusing on this one guy. <laughs> this one guy who, like, he um, he's the one who thinks he, uh, he's Miguel, played by Shelley Desai. Yeah. Who thinks that he um he is a citizen early. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I I noticed him because I also watched Felma and Louise recently, and he's he's in that. In, is like, he? As I saw like background character. But I'm just like this man is like has such a distinctive look. That... Yeah, he's also in. Um, <laughs> listeners might know him from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where he plays Charlie and later Charlie and Frank's landlord, who I think yes. Charlie at some point threatens with a gun. That sounds on brand for Charlie. Yeah, that sounds on brand for Charlie. So that happens. If you picture the guy he threatens, that's him. You might know him, Josh, because he's in Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. I mean, yes, obviously that's what I know him from, but we haven't got to there yet. He is one of these guys who's sort of been around for years, and because he does have such a distinctive look, you will notice him when he pops up in movies. Absolutely. Like um, he was in he was in barbed wire with Pam Anderson. Wow, <laughs> what a career! Uh, what a guy. But yeah, they just keep sort of, you know, that's a. I mean, they wouldn't be good jokes, because obviously it's a load of um, migrants in a room. Yeah. So your classic. You don't think that uh, Happy Madison could do a good, <laughs> a do good a joke nice, with a, a, nice a room joke in that scenario? A room full of migrants? You don't um, think they would do like a understandable, relatable joke <laughs> that could. is fun for everybody? They could do that, but instead, what they do is they just oh. shut. They just keep cutting to people, sort of mumbling and repeating things, but not. There's no. <laughs> there's nothing happening. It's just. It's just shots of them comprehending what. Poblob has said, or sometimes but not, not comprehend quite it. comprehending. It's hilarious. It's very funny, but it's just I mean, so flat. 
clearly the citizenship thing in this movie is important because it's what they choose to end the fucking movie on with um with the baz rutan character getting his citizenship and then the camera pans up to an american flag and fades out from there yeah but you're missing one thing what thing am I missing? You're missing the fact that the film ends on that. It pans up to the flag, and then as it fades out, you hear someone scream, Viva America. That's true. <laughs> oh, so it's man. even worse. It's even worse. And it's so strange, because it's not like this film has felt patriotic in any way. I would argue that in their head, it is deeply patriotic. We'll get to that. Right. We'll get to that in the awards section. I want to get to it earlier than the awards <laughs> section. The awards Unless it got nominated for like the best film to show to the troops or something. Is that what you're talking about? Is that, is that something that's happened? The the <laughs> it's it's not that, but it's not far off. No, it can't be. <laughs> Has it been inducted into like the whole? Shall we of Con- look? The look there, are, there are there are only three awards. We'll do them now. All right. <laughs> um. It was nominated at one award ceremony, and it's uh, called the Movie Guide Awards. What and, is that? Um, the Movie Guide Awards, yeah, seems to be very Christian. Um, or no, definitely Christian. I was going to say all Catholic, but um, it's right. Because uh, um, uh, the the they have what is called the Epiphany Prize. The Epiphany Prize? <laughs> um, the Epiphany Prize um, for TV program went to something called the American Bible Challenge. Right. <laughs> which also won most inspiring TV program. That's good. Um, uh, of course, so Here Comes the Boom was nominated for the Grace Award. The Grace for- Award. <laughs> For most inspiring performance in movies. What, by KJ? Kevin James is nominated for the most inspiring performance. Wow, okay. He is up against Hugh Jackman for Les Miserables. (laughs) Yeah. Colm Wilkinson for Les Miserables. Who? Now, do you remember... Have you seen Tom Wilkinson. No, 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 Colm Wilkinson. Who's Colm Wilkinson? Have you seen Les Miserables? Yes. So the two people who are nominated is Hugh Jackman and the priest who saves <gasps> Hugh Jackman. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> oh, what, the one who's like, take all my silver. I left stuff. the best behind. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> right. Is is Hugh Jackman Christian? Is it like a I mean, he might be. I don't know. Um, I'm not... I'm not sure it's a prerequisite because so I haven't seen Snow White and the Huntsman, but that is also nominated for most inspiring performance in the movies for Kristen Stewart. Mm, okay. Um, but the uh, well also nominated is for Greater Glory, the true story of Christiada. Um, uh, uh, nominated for for Mauricio Curie, uh, but okay. the winner is Andy Garcia. For for the greater glory, the true story of Christiana. Right. What is this film about? Um. Well, uh, let me tell you what this film is about. Um. Uh, 
A Chronicle of the Christios, Christeros War, a war by the people of Mexico against the atheistic Mexican government. Fuck off! <laughs> that, that's not a real film! <laughs> Jesus. Okay. And, I should, and I should say that, like, um, in, Me- in, uh, in its Mexican release, the film is called uh, Christeros, and the T is a, um, is a crucifix. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay, yes, good. good. Um, so, yeah, this is like... Of course, Kevin James goes on to be in sort of like faith-based movies. Does he? Um, yeah, he is. He. Uh, oh, wait, I, let me finish what this is nominated for. Um, this oh, yeah. is also nominated uh, for a Grace Award for Best Film for Families. Um, yeah. So I, I guess it is that. a family film. It loses to Ice Age Continental Drift. <laughs> that does have a strong Christian message. This is a wild sort of collection of nominees. You've got Arietti, the um the Studio Ghibli remake of the, the Borrowers. Borrowers. Yeah. Uh Chimpanzee, the Disney Nature documentary. Right. Here comes the boom. Uh the the wonderful documentary Jiro Dreams of Sushi. <laughs> um, I want to see that. Journey to the Mysterious Island, Madagascar Free, Europe's Most Wanted, The Odd Life of Timothy Green, which, have you ever seen that? I have no idea what that is. That just that's, sounds like an assortment of words. That's um, Jennifer Garner and Joel Edgerton, like, grow a child in their garden. What? <laughs> Why haven't I seen that film? Um, Won't Back Down, which I believe is a Maggie Gyllenhaal sort of uh, pro-women, pro uh um, Africa movie. Right. Which do you think is more inspiring? <laughs> or which is more threatening? Won't back down or never back down? Uh, uh, more threatening is uh, never back down, I would assume. Never back down. Yeah. yeah. Alright. Because won't is like, I won't as long as I can't, but never is never. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, also true. nominated was Wreck-It Ralph. All very Christian movies. I guess someone gets <laughs> resurrected in Wreck-It Ralph, don't they? That um, is sort of like the Lord. I guess so. Yeah, because she she gets yeah she gets she gets um, replenished into the full grace of the Lord when she takes back her mantle as queen or princess or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. This was also nominated for the Faith and Freedom Award. Oh, okay. Um, uh, it loses to For Greater Glory, the true story of Christiana. Right. Um, it's nominated against again. I'm not entirely sure where. What like? It's just. I think it's just films that are very pro-America and yes, offer because it's um, uh, nominated against um, Act of Valor. Is that both? That's the no. That's the um, military movie with actual servicemen in it. Oh, okay. Like yeah. the Help for Heroes movie. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> the Avengers. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, here comes the boom. Yeah, yeah. The remake of Red Dawn. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, the Dark Knight Rises. Do you think that's that pro-America? Um, I guess it's like, take back our city from the terrorists. What, from Bane's perspective? 
No, no, no. From the like, from the people of Gotham's perspective, because Bane takes over Gotham City. Yeah, I guess so. And like, they're like, take back the city. Yeah. <laughs> um, from the terrorists, we won't stand for this. I suppose um, that's. Oh yeah, that has another kind of like we're New Yorkers moment, doesn't it? Or it has several of those. <laughs> it doesn't have the bit, the Spider-Man bit. Like, you pick on one of us. You pick on all of us. <laughs> yeah. Let die the woman you love, or suffer the little children. Genuinely, one of my favorite lines. It's <laughs> so good. Uh, if I like, if superhero movies had lines like that now, it, I would be all in. But no, they're too good for that. Also nominated was "Won't Back Down," and of course, I have no idea how this. And well, I guess, I guess for the for greater glory, the true story of Christiana had to had to win somewhere. Zero Dark Thirty is also nominated. Oh, of course, of course. Did Zero um, Dark Thirty come out? Twenty twelve. Was it twenty twelve? Yeah, it was up against Argo at the Oscars, and as we all know, Argo opened opposite. Um, here comes the boom. Oh, here comes the boom. But he only died like the year before, didn't he? I yeah, it was like it, like it was quite quick. Mm. One of my favourite um, things, so listeners might not know, I did politics and international relations at university. And my housemate had written her entire dissertation on the war on terror and how the media portrayed um, the war on terror and all of that kind of stuff. And um, our dissertation hand in... We woke up, we had everything bound, and then the news came through that Osama bin Laden had been shot. <laughs> so she had to very quickly add in a little addendum being like, of course all of this is irrelevant now because <laughs> Osama bin Laden has been shot. <laughs> or like not irrelevant, you know, recontextualized. But I just thought that was fun. Still haven't seen Zero Dark Thirty. Um, it was good at the time, I think it has issues now. Yeah, I think that's a lot of films from that period. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm just looking up uh, uh, Kevin James, and I, the, he was in a faith-based movie called Little Boy. Little Boy. Little Boy, called, and he plays a character called Dr. Fox. He's in a TV miniseries called Hopes and Dreams, which I feel like has to be mm. a faith-based show. Because we talked about this before, he is a strong devout uh catholic christian man yes lives there's in a weird little commune there is no description for what hopes and dreams is it's apparently two <laughs> minutes long oh, okay <laughs> so but yeah i think well little boy is the one i i know that it's um i want to get the plot description up for little boy little boy it's something to do with um, the holocaust it looks like Yes, an eight-year-old boy is willing to do whatever it takes to end World War II so he can bring his father home. The story reveals the indescribable love a father has for his little boy. <laughs> Don't like that description. And the love the son has for his father. Yeah, terrible. Emily Watson, it, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm pretty Ted sure... Ted Levine, what are you doing? I'm pretty sure it's a faith-based movie. Yeah. Um, um, and it's yeah weird that Kevin James is in it and not on the poster. <laughs> well, it's just a little boy on the poster. No, I mean the he's he's not in the credit block on the poster. You've got Obviously. Emily Emily Watson, Carrie Hiro, Hiroyuki Tagawa. I'm apologies if I've got that name wrong. Michael Rapaport, David Henry. 
um, Tom Wilkinson, and then another name that I probably won't pronounce right, Eduardo uh, Verastorguay. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like uh, Kevin James in that, Dr. Fox. Uh, I So this movie, like, I think is seen as a very pro-America, pro-Christian beliefs movie. Yeah. There's a whole scene which is so reminiscent of my favourite film franchise ever. Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. Where they're about to sit down and eat and then the trainer like does a big grace thing of reading I through... fucking hated that scene. It's disgusting. Like reading through a verse from the Bible. <laughs> I didn't write it down. But um yeah, what really pissed me off like obviously I got annoyed about that, but what pissed me off is then they signed it off by being like salute me familia and I was like, Fuck you. That's our thing. That's Fast and Furious's thing. That's the good kind of Christianity, not this shit one. You know? <laughs> that trainer is played by Mark Delagrotte, who is playing himself. <laughs> um, and right. uh, Is he an actual I... trainer? Yes. Right, okay. Playing himself as a trainer. Yes. Um, anyway, just I find his look on screen is very interesting. The little hat, um, the little hat, the little sort of like sideburns and like yeah. his glasses and. He's got nothing on Frank Grillo. He has nothing on Frank Grillo. Uh, so we've talked about how weird this movie is shot. We've talked about how it is <laughs> strangely very pro-America, very pro-Christianity. Mm. This uh, the whole movie is weird to me. Like Kevin James plays this teacher, yes, who was apparently one teacher of the year a few ten years, years ago. ago. Ten years ago, he's completely like lost his love for teaching, and they kind of tap into that, but not really. No, he's they just... never really explored like why that has happened. They just sort of he's just sort of like they mention that like oh you know. They just want us to get these kids in here and out of here. Yeah. And, like, Greg German is really mean. <laughs> yeah. For no real reason. <laughs> no, like, not... To, well, I, I guess... I guess you kind of... Greg German plays the principal the of the movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, Greg German at the end of the movie is, like, in the crowd at the MMA fight, whooping it up. Yeah, but maybe... So, I got... I got the impression that the reason you're not meant to like him is obviously because he's being um, very strict with the budget. Yeah. And then maybe when you find out that the other guy has been embezzling... You mean uh, character actor Mookie Barker as assistant principal Elkins? Yes, Elkins. How great is a name Mookie Barker? It's very good. Um, he looks like Giuliani. <laughs> he really does, doesn't he? <laughs> He's got a very strange smile. He's like, he, you, can't, like you can't trust Malevolent. him. And you know what? No, absolutely not. Do you know, do you know what um, he, he has been in before this? What? Zookeeper. <gasps> Who was he in Zookeeper? Apparently a grandfather. Okay. Um, he was in Paul Blartmore Cop. Hmm. He was in 19 episodes of The King of Queens. Mm. Um, I think he might be friends with Kevin James. <laughs> what? A, a Happy Madison film based entirely 
the casting on nepotism. There is also uh, a great IMDb trivia about the uh, the character of um, uh, Assistant Vice Principal Elkins. Yes, um, uh, it notes that when Scott was giving the money to Robert Elkins, he says that he is on Scott's side and reminisces about playing French horn in the marching band. However, this can't be true, because marching bands don't have French horns. It turns out that he was embezzling funds from the school, and that was why he was encouraging Scott. So all you marching band aficionados out there like watching this... Well, like, like, that's, like a, that's like a little nod <laughs> a little to the eventual twist. To, to how why, why, like, he's actually a villain. I did he's think lying. that bit was weird, because again, he tells this... Like they were saying, it's like a sort of little heartfelt story about his attachment to music. And then it just cuts to a reaction shot of KJ and he's just like, all right then, and walks out the door. Like, there's no, there's not even yeah, like a because joke. Yeah, because KJ is like, there's no French horn in a marching band. What do you think he knows? <laughs> I think he's got a hint. Maybe. <laughs> this is one of my favourite like bits of trivia that like clearly is just like someone watching this film and concentrating too they much. They fucking got brain worms. They're like, there must be a reason that this film is genius. <laughs> um Oh god. Yeah, it's absolutely terrible. I think I mean I half started a thought earlier that I didn't finish. Which was when I was talking about this film and me hyping it up and being like, I really love it. I think the last time I watched it was about four years ago and i'm gonna be honest i i hadn't seen warrior at that point and i think what happened is in the time between i last watched here comes to be now i have watched warrior <laughs> three or four times love it and now come back to this which has basically the same plot came out afterwards but it's just really flat shit the fighting's terrible all of it is awful and so now you know i'll say this on the fighting it looks like kevin james is in there it really does look like he's in there and you know what he does look like a solid boy he does look like a solid boy i mean because what he so he writes this script with um alan loeb Mm. Um, I'm guessing I think Alan Loeb is uh, not a returning guy I think he's written other Uh, stuff that is more oh he wrote Collateral Beauty (laughs) ah he wrote The Dilemma he wrote The Switch okay so The Dilemma is probably where he pairs up with um, KJ James and then he wrote Just Go With It so okay he is a returner yeah I felt like I knew his name and he he um he wrote Rock of Ages, the film script at least. Mm. Um, and he also wrote Untitled Adam, Alan Loeb Project well, TV movie. I know. I said last week like, my notes for that's my boy were short. This my notes for this are short, and it wasn't because I was just like, entertained by the movie. I was just like, eh. There's nothing. <laughs> There's nothing in there, is there? Like like Kevin James playing this teacher character. He kind of like at the beginning is playing a bit of a slime ball, like he's kind of like mm. getting out of work, like hitting on Selma Hayek. Yeah, um, he's a grody he, boy. He's trying he to do play a Sandler. It well. It's because he, he can't do Sandler's. 
he can't play that type of character. You don't buy it. Like, when he's, like, trying to get Henry Winkler to take bus duty or whatever it is, like, no, just, it doesn't feel natural. Um, and, like, when he's, like, telling the kids to just, like, work while he, like, sleeps under a paper. Again, just doesn't feel... It's classic Sandler, that stuff. Like, you can see him doing it. You can see Spade doing it. You can't maybe see Rob Schneider doing it, but maybe not. I, I don't know if I can see Spade doing it. I can see Sandler doing it because, again, the an really annoying film, thing about this film is it's a comedy that really wants to be, like, have its pathos and be taken yes. seriously. Like, he thinks this is, like, his Spanglish. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Like, um, all that stuff about, like, like, they whip out a fucking Nietzsche quote. At some point, yeah, they don't choose some of the the more. Uh... Do you do you not love the bit when Henry Winkler does his quote about like um, what is it like the the mu- world without music? Without music, is, is... life would not be what or life no, would be a life mistake. Life would be a mistake, and it cuts to um the students and they're just like nodding solemnly. Have you and ever been like... in a music class where anyone ever tried saying any or any class where anyone ever tried saying anything like that? They genuinely, um, uh, the character portrayed by Jake Zyrus tells him, uh, um, you, you forgot the quote today. And, um, he's like, oh yeah. Like, like, as if like these kids are so hanging on the quotes. <laughs> That's the thing. They're all like incredibly good kids. Like even the kids who are like slacking off in the class. Mm. It's Kevin James's fault because he's not inspiring them as a teacher. Like intrinsically, and, they're good kids. Like yeah, you Jake Zyr- yeah, Jake Zyrus, um, uh before his uh, transition mm. plays the character who um, uh, is like I guess the character we're supposed to connect with the most as like one of the students. Um, yes, who uh, has problems with their dad and um and stuff like that but there's nothing there and it's just like it, like none of these students have any like real personality no um it just made me think of like how good school of rock is yeah totally um, and that's a really just, good comparison yeah, like School Rock fucking blows this out of the water hundred percent well, in I mean, both its like plot and its energy. But, but well, yeah, it's, I yeah, mean, it's a, it's a movie about someone at a school doing something that is not entirely what you'd relate to school. Yeah, like um, there's no starring a proper pop... money aspect. I mean, Jack Black needs money. He needs money, <laughs> but it's yeah. not like it's not as stupid as like we need to save music. <laughs> I don't know, Liv, like, there's the moments, so many moments from School of Rock live rent-free in my head, but just the bit when him, with him picking up the phone and and they're like, oh, we need a substitute teacher, and he's like, and they tell him how much it pays, and he's like, oh wait, he just walked in, he does the the thing thing. with the phone, (laughs) and he just goes, this is not Schnubel. Yeah, (laughs) it's incredible, and like, just a moment like that would have saved this film 100%. My note at one point is 40 minutes in and I haven't laughed yet. Yeah. I have one sort of, it's not a laugh, it's <laughs> just sort of like, huh, kind of like a, a wry sort of note. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, and what do you know that, that is, Jack? Yeah. That's, that's your first than... 0.5 laugh. It's not even a point, but I wouldn't give it a 0.5. It's 0.25? A point, I'd say it's like a 0.07. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> nice, nice. Um, and that is just uh, the moment where, um, because Henry Winkler has not brought a stool with them for Kevin James to sit in, oh. in the corner of MMA fight, that uh, Henry Winkler is the stool. <laughs> Um, yes. which I thought, which they don't draw too much attention to, and is a good little sight gag. And I saw it, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." And that's nice. a, that's forty-five minutes into the movie. That's not forty-five minutes in, is that's it? That's forty-five minutes in, because you know what? Like this film is shorter than that's my boy, but my god, it feels longer. It feels so long. <laughs> it goes out like I remember, or one, of... yeah. I've got a note like halfway through my notes, which is just like, when is all the punching going to start? All I want is punch. So we've not even talked about like the fighting aspect of this film, really. Aww. Like, firstly, it is a wild leap for him to get to like, like the he hears that like someone loses an MMA fight and made ten thousand dollars, and he's just like, that's what I'll I can do. do that. That is like that is galaxy brain thinking. Like, that's pure insanity. He's a visionary, and he's got the voice of the Lord on his side. I mean, yeah. I was, I'm amazed there's not, a, like, a scene where he goes to... Like, I'm just amazed, like, a priest isn't a character in this film. Like, a comedic priest. Oh, same. What? Oh, yeah. Like, like James Caan pops yeah, get up James Caan that's back. That'd be good. <laughs> but, like, you know, like, I'm surprised, like, Gary Valentine isn't playing, like, his priest... <laughs> why is oh gary God. valentine a character in this movie like he's in like two scenes but like two protracted scenes where you're like supposed to be invested in like this character and his wife and all their kids you know why and also i really thought that she was the one from bridesmaids for so long oh, no yeah it's not it's just it's i don't know who this woman is um melissa peterman name is melissa peterman yeah i don't know her and I thought it was, well, you'll know her name. Yeah. It's uh, Wendy, Wendy McClendon-Covey. Yes. Um, yeah. Apparently, Miss, Melissa Peterman was on the uh, comedy series Reba with Reba McIntyre. Oh, that's exciting. But yeah, that whole thing is shit. I mean, obviously, I know you say, like, why is Gary Valentine... I mean, we know why Gary Valentine yeah. is in it. But like he, but, like, why didn't they give him, like, a part where he's actually involved in the movie? Yeah, I don't know. Like, well, I mean, I was trying to think, like, is this... Like, this, this these scenes don't impact on the plot whatsoever, do they? Now that you think about it. No. Like, he's got all these kids, and, like, yeah. is that supposed to inspire Scott? I also hate the name Scott Voss. Scott Voss. Um, um, is that supposed to inspire, like, Scott's, like, love of teaching? Not really. Yeah, the only time it factors in to the film is um, Eric Voss somehow... Is he, is he a chef? Is that his thing? Yeah, because he gets the job... At, oh, yeah, the um, Joe Rogan bit. He gets, yeah. So he factors yeah, in right. twice. He first prepares a meal for Joe Rogan and then stands around gazing longingly at Joe Rogan, being like, Joe Rogan, you're the best boy. Before that, he he prepares a meal for Scott and Bella. Oh, I thought that came after. Yes, that's the other no. time. He helps KJ woo Salma Hayek by cooking yeah. Coco Van. Um, what a fun moment. 
Yeah, and the only thing that like inspires KJ to get back into teaching is he just tells Selma Hayek he used to be good at it, and she's like, "I would have liked to see that," <laughs> and and that's it. Yeah, and then he's like, "Maybe I'll be good again," and then he literally just does what he told her he used to do, just... and just stands on a desk. Fucking um, yeah, he uh oh captain, my captain's it, and yeah. does a little stupid dance. I hate it. I think I hate um, this film now. It's it's just like it's just a big ball of nothing, um, which seems strange because yeah. like I think clearly like Kevin James loves like wrestling and MMA, yeah, and like this is a film that like clearly's got like UFC involvement. Joe Rogan is like playing best guy in the world. Joe he really, Rogan. he really like it is insane how everyone in the film like bends over backwards for Joe Rogan, or they like whenever anyone hears that he's talking to Joe Rogan, he's like, "Oh my god, you're talking to Joe Rogan." Joe Rogan ate my restaurant. Why is Joe Rogan recruiting people to fight in the UFC? I don't know. I mean, I don't really know. That's the other thing is I'm like, is the... so yeah, you've got Warrior comes out what twenty. 20- 10 I want to say 2011 2011 I think 2011 so that's already kind of like MMA it's a thing now you know like yes obviously nowadays it's really broken through but at the time maybe it was like emerging I really want to know like how big MMA and Joe Rogan were at at this point in time I was just trying to look it up and I can't find anything uh, I think they were pr- like I knew about it at this time, and like yeah. I obviously I knew about Joe Rogan because I was a big news radio fan. Mm. But like, um, like I knew he was involved, and I knew who Dana White was and stuff like that. Um, but mm. have you ever been to a UFC fight? No, I haven't. I've not. I've, I've only been to uh, not even WWE. What have I been to? Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Nice. Yeah. I I went to a UFC fight in um in Rotterdam. Oh, Rotterdam <laughs> or anywhere. Or anywhere, yes. Yeah. Um, it was. Uh, I mean, it was like so for the first couple of cards fights, you've got yeah. Don't use such like... technical terms like cards. <laughs> the people at home, they will have no idea what you're talking about. They were just like it was literally just like watching people hug each other into submission. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> it was like, as soon as someone grabs someone, they just like pull them to the floor and they just sort of like hug until it's like over. Until oh. <laughs> they do a little tap. It's like my sex life. Um, <laughs> um, and then like as it goes on within the night, suddenly you get to the big card fights and um, and it's like proper like people fighting and like it was great actually mm. like you watch it and it's like oh my god like this is very wild and like one of the fights i watched like the one of the biggest fights of the night was over in like 20 seconds was it just someone <sighs> just like kick someone in the head and you're like yeah oh. and, like and the ref was like i call it now <laughs> <laughs> oh i love those because I, I, I was working at this event as uh, covering it for one of the many channels I was working for. Oh, that's um, uh, I had to go to the press conference afterwards, and the guy who lost in like twenty seconds—I've never seen someone look like so fucking bummed, uh, who with that many muscles. Yeah, I can't. Wow. Well, you still got ten grand though. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, and a trip to Rotterdam. Um, and a trip to Rotterdam. Um. 
I mean, we can talk, like, about, like, Scots coming up through the ranks, like, I mean, there's, there's not a lot really there. Do you, do you find the, um, uh, Neil Diamond song, uh, entrance funny? No. <laughs> the only thing I like in that scene is just, um, just, like, Henry Winkler's shit sort of, like, hype man <laughs> aspect, and he's just walking, walking around going, like, hey, it's Scott! Everybody, yeah. woo! <laughs> like, like just that is like it's not very funny, but it's like it just um like Henry Winkler is a fun presence to have in your movie. But I want to talk about the final fight a little bit, which is the actual UFC fight. Like, hey, what the fuck? Like, this doesn't happen. No, you don't just get a man to fight a UFC fighter. No, well, yeah, well, you do if it's uh. <laughs> 2011's Warrior, and there's a spot left on Sparta, the biggest knockout tournament in the world, set up by not UFC, set up by MMA random guy. Mr. MMA. Mr. MMA. Um, And then, like, the other thing is, I do not understand where the turn in the fight comes. What, in the final fight? Yes. When he just decides to win and then he wins, yeah, yeah, that was that was the last life I had in this is the fact that Kevin James goes through two rounds of like the most savage beating I've ever like I've seen in a film. I actually did find the last fight relatively compelling. It's pretty good. Like the guy playing Dietrich, uh, yeah, he's not Dietrich. The other that's his this Dietrich is played by. Uh, Christoph Szczynski plays Dietrich. Yes. Yeah, I'm it's... just saying that Dietrich is not a real person. Oh, right, I see. He's Right, yes, I see. Yes, yes. They couldn't even get, like, a real UFC fighter to, like, go up against it. No. Do you know who, uh... Oh, Warrior has someone. Who is it? I mean, I think, like, Christoph Szczynski is a real person, like, a real UFC fighter. Yeah. But they couldn't have him playing himself. No, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I mean he does look like a fucking MMA. It'd be fan. like it'd be like if fucking like like a movie was about wrestling. It would be like if um fighting for your family has like the rock not playing the rock. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> um yeah, sorry, I forgot his name for a second, but of course Warrior has um Kurt Angle, WWE's Kurt Angle who briefly had a foray in UFC yeah. as Cobra. Um, it's very yeah. good. I remember Kurt Angle. He was an Olympic medalist. Medal, medal. Yeah, I I think the last fight is like probably the most compelling moment in the film. Yeah, <laughs> but you've already watched like a hundred minutes of like <laughs> non-interesting. Did you and laugh so you... when they were fighting in the rain and they got all slippy and then they kept falling over and slipping all over the place? I didn't laugh, but I thought it looked fun. <laughs> <laughs> did you laugh when he vomited on the other guy? Yes, I did, lots. I didn't. No, I didn't laugh at that at all. I didn't so. like that. Did you laugh um, when the students but... went, look, you've been vomiting, and he goes, no, I haven't been vomiting, and they go but we've seen the footage of you vomiting. And he goes, oh no, where's the footage of me vomiting? And then they show him the footage of him vomiting. That's a funny moment, isn't it, Jack? 
I kind of want to vomit right now. <laughs> um, yeah, like the last fight, when it suddenly, yeah, there's two rounds of just brutal attacks on Kevin James. Mm. And then he just is like, what if I win? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Or like, no, I, he says that at the beginning of the fight. And well, he says that loses. at the beginning of the fight. But then like, and suddenly he's just sort of like, he looks at like Selma Hayek and he's like, the love of a good woman. I can do it. Or give me the power. The love of a good woman who conspicuously and, uh, wears a crucifix around her neck at all the, times. The Christ. <laughs> it would the be great if he looked up the... into the stadium and someone who looked like Christ like gave him a thumb. Like, like Buddy Christ. Like, by Buddy Christ. Yeah, Buddy Christ just gives him a thumbs up. <laughs> and then he suddenly has like the power of, of Zion behind him. It's just like... I mean, not to take it back to like such a basic thing, but Rocky doesn't win. No, Rocky doesn't win. Creed and doesn't win. Yeah, like that's important to both of those movies. Yeah, and I don't know what this film like sort of like tells us by the end, like because we I don't really see where like Kevin James gets the power to win this fight. No, I mean he just. He and the only reason he has to do it is because there is the last minute like script twist of like, oh, all the, the assistant gone. Pen- the assistant principal was an embezzler. You yeah. should have known because the French horn isn't in much. Raise them, <laughs> raise them stakes even more. Um, it's yeah, it's just. You want a real last fight with some emotional heft? It's warrior. If you want like a last sports oh, moment yeah. with emotional heft, cool running. Last the last race in speed racer, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Still haven't seen one day. One day. When it, when speed has to reboot his car and he has to just listen to it. Oh. <laughs> when they replace what's his face digitally, Emil Hirsch. No, because you know what, Emil Hirsch is great in it. Don't. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That could be true. Yeah. Do, uh, do you want to know how many times I left? I'm going to guess like four. No. Okay. How many? 1.5. Oh, wow. It's very low for me. Um, Pob getting elbowed in the face. I mean, obviously um, it's physical. When was that? Uh, <laughs> I can't even remember. <laughs> All, yeah. yeah the, um, oh, it's, it, oh, it's in the first fight. It's, oh, yes, it's the first fight when, um, is it? Is that the, f- <laughs> like, when's the first time they play the Here Comes the Boom song? That's the first fight. The first fight, yes, because I've got a note that just says the song. He, he puts on the, um, he puts on the mask to yes, intimidate yes, the guy. Yes, yes, that's very dumb. And then I think he goes in the ring, he gives it all that, and then he instantly gets, like, kneed or elbowed in the face and gets knocked out. I think I found that funny. And then my note immediately after is, I really want to watch Warrior. Mm. Uh, second laugh was KJ getting punched inside of head during strike t- training scene, which mm-hmm. I think is when he's first training with What's-His-Face, who you mentioned before. Bas Rutan? Mark Della Grotte. Oh. Um, and that he's already fighting two people in the ring who are just punching him. And then Mark Della Grotte taps in a third person. And so it's just like a, a shot of Pob on face first. And then he suddenly gets like Superman punched in the side of the head by the third guy. I thought that was good. I enjoyed people getting punched in the head. 
I think um, I kind of like it tapped out at this point. I do. Oh. I was also just like, why are they getting free people to fight him? I don't Because uh, it's like Christ's uh, <laughs> tests, you know? He survives he the, the cr- test of the betrayal. He survives the test of carrying the cross and the whipping. And then he doesn't survive the last one. He is the Christ child. He is the Christ child. And, and my third and final laugh... Uh, the fact that I've just got written down the fact that Kevin James took the most savage beating I've seen on film for the first two rounds of the final fight and then suddenly he just comes out with a renewed faith in God and like punches him twice and Dietrich goes down like with some tepid slaps yeah and that's it it's I also like that like at the beginning of that third round like Dietrich shows him uh respect by touching gloves with yeah i know like like horrible. just like for what um horrible 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 i mean we've not talked much about some high x role in this thankless like yeah completely there's just, nothing there she's not she's, even like a fuck bucket because fucking is never on the table well because they're uh because they're good Christians. christian people <laughs> they don't None do of the, they don't even kiss the only people who have had sex in this movie are Henry Winkler and his wife. And his wife. And yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's another thing. Like, can you believe that a forty eight year old woman is pregnant? That's divine intervention, surely. Also, like, how old is he supposed to be? Like, how is his sperm still working? What how is it not just all chunky? Just dust. Is that what happens? <laughs> just dust. <laughs> Just blowing dust in her vagina. Oh, horrible. <laughs> Welcome to Hot Girl Summer. Just blowing dust up vaginas. Just awful. Okay. Um, <laughs> don't do hand gestures. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. It's all awful. And like, yeah, I was thinking about it. And I think what you were saying before when we were talking about Kevin James and this role and it just being so wrong for him is totally true and it just feels like he's playing this role so straight and so earnestly that it's just really off-putting and I, I remember that I forgot there's a moment where he's in the final fight and he's looking around and he tries to do a fucking smolder to be like a sexy boy. I mean, I mean, look at the poster. He's kind of doing a smolder. Yeah, on the that's true. Like this. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's got his like world's best teacher thing and whatever. Yeah. But I, it. Do you know what it reminded me of? Not Warrior. thematically. No, <laughs> not Warrior. <laughs> not thematically, but in terms of um, vibe of protagonist. I mean, uh, main actor versus what they have been known for before. This reminded me a lot of Passengers Ew. with Chris Pratt. Yeah. Being so, Chris Pratt, I feel like he's one of those classic, and not to not to make this about body, but you know, he's a funny boy in Parks and Rec, and he's a funny boy. Can I just say also, Chris Pratt starring in Here Comes the Boom, like post Parks and Rec, like what before he like beefed up. Fucking yeah. I- I tell you, that movie works. It does. It really does because he's like likable and he can play it like kind of goofy, and you can believe him being like kind of a shithead as well. Yeah, true. But you just can't believe KJ. 
Um, but yeah, it felt like so. Yeah, Chris Pratt obviously does <sighs> Guardians of the Galaxy, but he's like, and he's a sexy boy. He's like beefed up. He's a sexy boy in that, but he's also like funny or like has kind of retained his old persona. But Passengers is just him being like, I am a sexy boy and I know it. And it just yeah. completely doesn't work and it's horrible. And that's kind I mean, of... Passengers you know, just kind of doesn't work for several reasons. Yeah, true. <laughs> but that's that's one of my main ones. And that's kind of what I felt like with this is that I think KJ went to the gym a bit more for a couple of months and suddenly he's like, I don't want to be gooby. I don't want to be a goober. I'll do a little dancing bit on top of a table. But that's it. I don't right. like this movie, Josh. <laughs> I don't like it either, and I'm sorry that I kept saying that you would. Even though you'd already like seen it. it. Even though I'd already seen it, and I remembered it not being that bad. But, like... Yeah, it's just... It's just nothing that sticks out about it. It's just a bit shit. Um, and I'm really annoyed that I forgot that the last line is someone yelling, God bless America! Viva America! <laughs> Viva America! Horrible. Um, uh, don't ever watch this already, film, people at home. We've already done the awards. <laughs> shall, we, shall we move on to MVP, LVP? Yes, please. Josh, who is your MVP of this motion picture? My MVP of this motion picture is Joe Rogan's agent. Because I don't think Joe Rogan's agent was anywhere near this movie. I think it was completely like Kevin James being like, "Come on, Joe, come be in my movie." Do you think they kind of met on? Well, obviously Zookeeper. I think they probably like you brought this up on the Zookeeper. Oh, that they knew each other before. Like, yeah, because they're wrestle boys, re- re- comedy wrestle boys, wrestling. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, his agent must have been involved. But anyway, yeah, maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it's just KJ. Hmm. Um. Maybe, I know, alright, the MVP is no longer Joe Rogan's agent. It's now the dark secret that Joe Rogan has over Kevin James. That means that Kevin James wrote him into this film as, like, as Christ himself. So he gives he gives KJ the opportunity to make all the money. And also, out of the goodness of his heart, flies, like, a hundred people out from wherever the fuck they are. Massachusetts. Boston. Boston, right? Boston. Mm-hmm. Flies them from Boston to Vegas to watch him fight. He pays for all that. And then, like, when KJ walks into the arena and sees all the kids, he's like, who did that? And then someone just points over at Joe Rogan and he kind of, like, mid-shot, smiles and walks off. (laughs) Just like, oh, you did it, buddy. I did it, man. I did it. I'm the greatest. So, yeah, I think it's whoever... No, it. yeah, it's the dark secret that, that Joe Rogan has over Kevin James. What does he know? Why is he so good? We'll see. That's it for me. How about you, Jacken? I mean, my MVP is very boring, but it's Henry Winkler. Yeah. Like, Winkler's just a delight. Um, he's trying it all in this movie. He's not, like, giving me that much, but he's just a nice presence to have on screen. Um, Feels like a safe pair of hands. Yeah, like... You know, he, as soon as he pops up, like when he's doing teaching that that class. Um, also, you said you were going to say something about conducting, and I don't think you did. Oh um, yeah, um, yeah. That's not how you do it. <laughs> that's not <laughs> how you do it, basically, listeners. 
I grew up in a very musical household. My parents are both in classical music. So obviously I've seen a lot of conductors up close. Josh's her parents are Beethoven and Bach. They, they are! The double Bs! Big tits, double Bs. No silicon and no saline. No saline. Could you replace that saline with the other saline? The one where I mispronounced it. Anyway. Nope. nope. <laughs> just keep it all in. Um, yeah, that's not how you do it. You don't just sort of like swell your art. You have to keep time! You have to keep time! That's the whole thing! Well... They did sound shit. <laughs> yeah, but at the end... So, actually, yeah, that was a question I had. Is that... What's his name? Harry Rupert Gregson Williams? What about him? Is that the... That's the guy, isn't it, right? That's the composer. He is, he's the composer for this movie, Is yes. that the music that they're playing in the music thing? Are they playing the score <laughs> rather than, like, they an might, actual piece of music? They might be. I'm not sure. Because it sounds shit. I mean, even aside from the fact that they're playing it shit, my last note is that the kids can now play well. What a wonderful thing money is. Yeah, because their they instruments play... were all dinged. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Maybe. Whatever. Yeah, that's all I really had to say about Henry Winkler's um, conduction. Yeah, but I mean, you, like, they're, like, <laughs> you know, in this sort of, like, blue lights that he's in, shooting, <laughs> like, like, conducting this uh, motion picture... Yeah, he, uh, he he looks great. Um, he does look great. It's nice to have him involved. He has a lot of. Uh, I didn't like the shot of when he was being carried by Kevin James, and you see that he's sat in gum, and um, oh, it's yeah, all on his good. bum. I didn't like that Kevin James says you've sat in gum, and then he goes, "At least I hope it's gum." What the fuck else is it gonna be? Poop. It's pink. It could be cum. Pink cum? If you do it too much. Ah, it's just dust. <laughs> it's just dust. <laughs> or it could, like... Um, yeah, I can't think of what else it would be. Like, I hope it's gone. It's just... Don't think about it, Jack. It's just like a dumb okay. joke. Yeah. It doesn't have to want... make sense. Okay, great. Um, who's your LVP? Uh, my LVP is... Me. For bigging this movie up. Yeah. <laughs> it's me for remembering this film as being some sort of masterpiece. When I think what happened is that I just was in a period where I really enjoy contact sports films. Because I think I saw this at a very similar time to me seeing Creed. And then only you'd seen went, The Longest Yard back then. I know, maybe I would have loved it. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and I think the only times I've seen it were either when I'm drunk or hungover. So I think I remember it being funnier than it was and watching it on, like, a sweltering day. Like, I think it was 22 degrees or something when I watched this and I was just like, I just want to be outside. I just want to be frolicking and living my best hot girl summer life. And instead, I'm inside watching KJ writhe around, attempt to chew his way through this fucking piece of shit saccharine script with heavy Christian undertones and I was like, I'm an idiot <laughs> because I thought this could be fun and that's it yeah. really uh, how about you Jacken? I have three LVPs wow, okay um, uh, number one uh, 
Baz Rutan. I just I just don't like him as a screen presence. Baz Rutan. Oh, do you not? No. I quite like him. No, he really annoys me. Yeah, that's it. Like everything is like so like pushed forward. Yeah. Like it's not natural. Like he's got a lot of screen time in this movie and I don't enjoy it. Um Yeah, fair enough. I think you know, uh, they should have gotten rid of him, swapped him out, put Henry Rollins in. You would never know the difference. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh you should have got Dave Matthews, he's in the Happy Madison. Oh, that could also work. Um <laughs> You should have got Milo Ventimiglia. <laughs> oh my god. You put Milo in this film? Fuck. I'm gonna... Holy shit, You're I'm playing the exact same character. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Oh, what, playing um, Chad again? Yeah. <laughs> yes! <laughs> he wrestles in that movie. He does. Fuck. Um, uh, my second LVP is the cinematography and the lighting. <laughs> just because yeah. I just like I just like it put me in a bad mood from the start of this movie and I just couldn't get out of it. I do not. And my me. my third and final LVP is the implication that the only way you can ask a girl out um, and get her to say yes is if you stand up <laughs> and don't do it when you're sitting down. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> There's this whole thing in this movie where like Salma Hayek is like every time you ask me out. You've have you noticed that you do it sitting down? <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> and then like he's like, I'm standing up now. Do you want to go out? And she's like, Yeah, sure. Oh shit, maybe that's a Christian <laughs> message about you like, yeah, you got to stand up for things. You don't. Maybe he's in some sort of sect that doesn't believe in like kneeling prayer. It reminded me of um, have you seen Ted? Years ago, yeah. There's just a weird bit in it that does make me laugh in a movie that's not very good, where <laughs> um, this little boy wants Ted, Giovanni Ribisi's son wants Ted, and oh. uh, Mark Wahlberg is explaining, like, oh no, sorry, he's mine, and the little boy just goes, stand straight when you talk to me. <laughs> that's quite good. And Mark Wahlberg just goes, why the fuck would you say that? <laughs> 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 that's quite good that's the best moment in that movie oh. I'll never watch just, it again but I'll try and find that scene just him saying stand straight when you talk to me <laughs> <laughs> and, like it's what I thought about like when Sam Hayek is like you never stand up when you've asked me out weird very weird um, those are yeah, all very good my, choices my free things um yeah it's just a, a nothing movie yeah it's like it's i think it's better than like some of the movies we've covered and that it just like it really didn't drive me insane but I, <laughs> yeah it's true but like i don't want to watch it again no <laughs> ever. I, I don't think i want to watch it again now maybe um. uh Grown Ups 2 will be a welcome relief from... I think it will be, because you know what it's got? Uh, Milo Ventimiglia. Milo <laughs> yes, it's got Milo Ventimiglia. After the last episode where we talked about Andy Samberg and I was I didn't remember him in Grown Ups 2, I then immediately remembered what he does in it, and I was like, oh yes, that is quite a good bit. 
So, <laughs> I mean, it's not, but <laughs> we'll we'll get good. to it. We'll get to it soon. It'll be a good show. I have to watch it either before or after a wedding because that's the only time I have free. I mean, technically, you, you every film you have to watch is either before. Or <laughs> that's after a wedding. true. Okay, immediately before or after a wedding. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Are you excited for it, Jacken? No. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I'm excited that we'll talk about it, and maybe we'll have some guests on. Who knows? Who knows? Um, maybe there'll be people who've been on before. Who knows? Who knows? Um, of course, scheduling will come and fuck us now. Yeah. Yeah. We'll know by the time this episode goes out if that's happened. Yeah. So you can just edit it out. Don't yes. edit this bit out where we talk no. about editing it out. <laughs> just keep it all in. Yeah. Um, oh, good. Well, Jack, cool. if people want to follow you, where can they do that? Um, they can see me at my local MMA fighting gym. Very good. Um, where I'm uh, kicking people in the face. Um, no, you can follow me at JFG and Digital 3D across all sort of media platforms like um, uh, Slash Face, uh, um, Mid Midbook, yeah, and um, good. and uh, uh, Birdsong <laughs> by Sebastian Foltz. <laughs> yeah, sure. Is that right? I don't know what that is, mate. Whatever. Carry on. Who Who are you? Where can people find you? I hate this movie. <laughs> um, I was right. It's Sebastian Fox. Um, me. You can find me. Um, on the Joe Rogan Experience coming soon. But also, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, etc. Actually, don't fucking come for me on Facebook. Instagram, maybe. Whatever. Like, you can find me at places. At P-A-P-S-B-Y. At P-A-P-S-B-Y. That's at Papsby. And that rhymes with... And we go green. Oh, wait, he's not even in that. (laughs) Fuck. And that rhymes with... J. Edgar. J. Edgar. J. Edgar. That rhymes with J. Edgar. Are you gonna do one week? Are you gonna do um the the We Are the Earth song that he's We uh, Are the Earth? Is that the right we one? The it's the little dicky. It's little dicky, yeah. Yeah, maybe I he could like do pops that. up at like one bit and he's like, "This is my favorite song ever." And we are, yeah. It rhymes with little dicky. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and if you want to follow us, the podcast, you can at True Hat Mad. That's on uh, Twitter and Instagram, you can send us a cheeky little email, truehatmad at gmail.com Yeah, send us that email. Huh? Send us an email. Send us See an email. See if I care. Okay. Uh, I'm in a bad mood all of a sudden. I haven't had dinner. Oh, well, that does make <laughs> sense. Um, well, well this will be quick and then you can go and have a little hot dog. I've got duck a orange waiting for me. It's cockava. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Two birds, different colours. Um. Uh, ooh, where was I? Oh yes, Anna. Please, if you've enjoyed this episode, or you've enjoyed the podcast in general, if you enjoyed the fact that we made it all sexy for you right at the beginning of the podcast, and now you're looking for some sort of way to 
show your appreciation for what we did for you back then. If you've blown all your dust on it already. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you've blown all your dust all over the place, then uh, yeah, leave us a rating and a review. Five stars is nice. Um, Six is better. Uh, Yeah, and say why you liked blowing your beans to our True Hat Mad Nights. Cool. I think that's it, isn't it? That's it. That's it. That's it. We're we done. did it. See you next week for Grown Ups 2. Yeah. Again. And as always, our horse shit. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Love you, bye.